to take a moment. My name is Nathan Bennett. I'm Mari Yamaguchi. Have you ever felt like the dumbest person in the room, Mari? You probably haven't. No, I have. Have you? Yeah, I felt like that yesterday. Yeah, I felt like that yesterday. I feel like that <laughs> a lot of days, but yesterday was one of those days. We were able to have a great conversation with three amazing women. Nikki, who is a tools and process manager for customer care ops here at Genesis. Anitha, who is a technical team manager for customer care. And Emma, who is a, the senior AI and machine learning engineer for Genesis. Yes. It was an incredible conversation that frankly, a lot of it was just over my head. Yeah, three brilliant women. Three brilliant women. Doing some awesome stuff and talking about their journeys right. into technology. Mm -hmm. uh, Nikki, and life. Yeah, and life. Nikki, I think, was uh, not even considering <laughs> uh, technology. She was no. a music history Yep, person. and wanted to be an FBI agent. Yes. And was almost an FBI yes. agent. Yes. And, uh, and she's also an awesome drummer yes. as well. Uh, Anitha, I didn't know this, but she also teaches dance. Yes. You, she, you tried. I tried. And I tried get to get her. into her classes, and she uh, informed me that it's I, I'm past. It's it, There's no hope for me anymore. Yeah. I'm past my dancing prime. No dancing with the stars with you. No dancing with the stars for me. <laughs> no. My dreams have been shattered. <laughs> uh, so I'll put away my tap shoes. And Emma had so many um, incredible insights into her experience of being a woman in this field that is traditionally male-dominated, um, how she's navigated that, what that means to her, and how she's been able to succeed and thrive. An incredible conversation. Yes. And even into that emerging technologies, too. Mm -hmm. She's also going into that area where nobody's it's kind of like man on the moon mm -hmm. idea it's we're going where no one has gone before no one has gone before and, <laughs> and really being able to define it right. and i think that's that's really awesome that she as a woman is at the forefront of that absolutely and she had incredible insights into um, artificial intelligence ethics yes. and how we should be thinking about it it's not just about what we can do, it's about what we should do. It was almost a very Jurassic Park conversation. Yes, yes it was. I loved it. And I think all three women really talked about their superpowers, mm -hmm. which was really awesome to hear as well, is they're three very different, but also at the same time, they bring in something a little extra to every team that they're right. on. And working on bringing out the creativity in your team, and figuring out how to manage different kinds of personalities yes. on your team as well. All very important. All super, super important. So we love this conversation. These are incredible women, and we hope you have fun. And you take a moment with us. So, Nikki, let's start with you. On the spot. Um, my name is Nikki Adams, and I am uh, a tools and process manager in our support department. And Who's our support department? Uh, Genesis support department. Okay, cool. Yep. And I mainly deal with day-to-day -day stuff of our tooling, our processes for our engineers and our analysts. Um, basically, we're all the hats, training, um, enablement, um, anything to do with that you can think about for uh, supporting employees. So that's my main responsibility. Uh, for that. And I would say that I've been in this role for about six months now. So before I was a team manager, which was really fun and actually was uh, Anita took over the team that I used to manage. So I have a really good relationship with those guys as well. Um, I would say my superpower is probably getting people together and getting people talking just because coordinated. Yep. Yeah. Because that's always a problem is communication for, you know, a communications company, any company, you know, it's hard to, um, get people together just to talk and find out right, what needs right, to be right. done. So I would say I'm pretty good at that and I like doing that. So I would say that's my superpower. Rock and roll. Really and we, we know about some other superpowers that you have that we'll talk about later. Okay. That you might just be a little too humble right now. All right. All right. <laughs> Anitha, welcome. Uh, thanks. This is Anita, and um, I'm the technical team manager um, here at uh, Pure Connect Care. Um, I manage a team of nine people and, uh, my team is all around the globe, so I really enjoy working with all of them. Um, day in, day out, just managing the team as such, um, as I've already mentioned. Um, here I provide a technical direction to our uh, recorder skill. Uh, that is where our focus is on. 
and then um just uh, provides bring in some creativity in the team and then um yeah that's it uh, mostly work with the team um and i have been in this role for more than 6 months and i uh, took over uh, nikki's role um i started in genesis in 2013 um and started as a system engineer and uh, worked by me worked by my way up um and now i'm the technical team manager uh for our recorder team and what's your superpower um yet to find <laughs> <laughs> You, just I'm a cheerleader. You're a cheerleader. Yep. yep. That's an amazing superpower to have, especially when you're leading a group of people. Yep. Yeah. Everybody always needs that. Too. Right. Mm-hmm. 100%. 100%. Anita keeps it light. <laughs> and I have more questions woman. for you sure. as well. I'm really intrigued about uh, you bringing creativity into okay. your team. Okay. And I'm going to hear more about that in my case. Sure. Wait. Yep. But before that, mm-hmm. hi, Emma. Hi. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Tell us about yourself and what your superpower is. So, my name is Emma Earhart. I am a senior engineer in applied um sorry, not applied in artificial intelligence and machine learning. Um so I work in the the AI group here within Genesis and our our group's responsibilities are developing some of the new products that are going to help Genesis go um through this transition into applying um greater use of of models and individualized learning and applying that to the situations with our customers and how we engage with them. And so the team that I'm on specifically is um we focus on some of the the research side of the core technology that gets used in these products. So for instance, um when we have a chatbot, a chatbot is like any other product where you have to have um your whole code infrastructure and you have to have unit tests and you have still have to have documentation but for a chatbot you also need a core technology that's the conversational part of that and so our team works on things like evaluating technology and developing improvements to our own in-house technology that can be used to support those products interesting fascinating cool. fascinating okay so fascinating. just so our listeners know These three amazing women are far smarter than either one of us. Either one of us. Yes. I didn't want to speak for you, Mari. No, it's fine. But definitely smarter. Definitely than smarter than me too. For sure. For sure. So, <laughs> if if the three of you could do us a favor yes. and and talk about um your jobs and those uh, uh specific things as if you were talking to a fifth grader because that's probably where my brain is. <laughs> so really <laughs> dumb it down for me and I would appreciate that. Um Emma, let's start with you. I'm really really fascinated. Oh wait, you didn't tell us about your superpower. Ah, oh, I kept it hidden. Oh, I only reveal yeah. it when necessary. <laughs> you almost got away with it too. Um so an area that I've seen um that I have found being able to bring value is being able to hear a conversation or see a system described and be able to see how all of those details fit together in the big picture. I'm a little odd in that I'm always focused on the details, but I really need to know how it fits together at the at the top level and I find that that is really helpful for um kind of bridging the gap in making sure that it's all going to work together from start to finish whether that's in a work project or in life whether it comes to you know teaching like hey here's why we do this tiny little thing because it affects these other areas and parts of our life right, right. the end to end experience right 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 yeah, you can see that uh, oh. um and you started off um pursuing linguistics Yes. That's cool, is that right? Mm-hmm. Tell us about that and what drew you to linguistics and how has that translated and apl- how you apply that to what you're doing now. I got into linguistics because I love puzzle solving. Wow. And my first exposure to linguistics was uh we were presented a worksheet that had a set of sentences in another language and a translation of what they meant in English and we had to figure out what each word meant and how do you make words plural and how do you make things past tense and i was in heaven i was like this is so much fun it's just a game <laughs> <laughs> and so i i discovered this love of language and the study of language because it appealed to this problem solving aspect that i had always you know that was always a part of me um and 
it was actually a field of study. And so I thought maybe I could actually get a job doing something like this someday. <laughs> and so um, I eventually found a, a master's program that focused on, it was called Human Language Technology at the University of Arizona. And what was great about it, it took people who um, gave them training in linguistics, but also training in basic programming and understanding um, how, how we can do things with language with computing. And so um, I ended up coming to Genesis about six years ago and starting out in a group that worked on speech technology that we have. So things like speech recognition and speech synthesis. Um, and that group has uh, shifted over time. And so now we work on some of the language related things within um, the artificial intelligence realm. But it's been really gratifying for me to see something that I was passionate about and thought was kind of kind of just cool in and of itself. Um, and then I actually found something I could get a job in <laughs> and, and still be able to do really interesting work. That's that is cool. awesome. That's awesome. Going over to you, Nikki. All right. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your journey. You said your main interest was actually in music, mm -hmm. and yep. then that kind of transformed into what you're doing now. So yep. just kind of tell us a little bit about that journey. I actually started out as a history major um, and uh, discovered that I didn't really want to teach in a school. And so I was like, well, I'm not going to pursue that anymore. You so started out as a history major because you wanted to teach? I did not want to teach. Oh, I just, just love history. Like, oh, history is my history. jam. Right, right. Like, mm -hmm. any World War II history, Civil War, <laughs> like, come at me. And... Um, so I decided uh, I'll just go pursue music because I love music. I've been in the drumline in my high school and um, also wanted to pursue that in college. And I discovered that the music programs are pretty intense and wanted to just keep that as a hobby. And so I was like, well, what do I do? I need to find something that will give me a job after college. Um, and both my parents are actually in tech as well. So I was like, oh, I'll, I'll just go do tech. We'll see how it works. <laughs> and it kind of just led the me here. Business. Yeah, the family right. business. And it uh, just kind of led me to where I am now. I mean, it just comes. It's it's a lot of problem solving. It's puzzles, uh, a lot of complex stuff. And I love puzzles as well. So I was like, well, this will be fun to just solve a lot of problems and help people. And I I love helping people when they have like something they can't figure out and they come ask me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I can help out. So that's how I kind of ended up through here. And then uh, I actually started as a system engineer here as well on our. What does a system engineer do? So a system Again, engineer. my fifth grade brain. Sure. So support. So <laughs> yeah. think of support when you call in somebody and you're like, I have an issue. Okay. Or that person just at a little higher tier and deeper level for our software. And so that's what I did all day is I just helped people solve their software problems. Wow. So um, and then worked my way up to um, a principal engineer, which is basically the technical lead in support for our teams and then went to a team manager and then came to the role I am in now. Is there anything about your background from studying history mm -hmm. or your background in music that you find applies to your everyday job today? I think so. I always... And I, I've had this conversation with many people, but I always claim I'm not the smartest person in the room, but I can definitely find you an answer and I can definitely um, figure out how to talk with people. So music is kind of like that universal language that everybody understands and everybody can get on the same page. And it's just like a discussion topic you can bring up with people and you're talking and get to know them better. Same with history or any kind of topic that you that you have an interest in. So I think it just really helped me kind of think outside the box and get relations more with people um, than worrying so much so much about the tech and how smart I am and what details I need to know about this specific product because they could probably talk circles around me upstairs uh, where we're at um, in support, but I can at least help them kind of connect the dots and talk with people, right, get right. the right people involved. Right. And that makes a whole lot of difference for our customers, too. Of course. Mm -hmm. Right? Because now you're able to relate to them on that same level. And when they're frustrated, yep. you can kind of sense that and be able to appropriately respond to yeah. that. Right? Just have that empathy with them that, yeah, you're that is a really bad thing happening or you're just having a bad day. I understand. Like, mm -hmm. I know it's not our fault or your fault and just kind of relate to them a little better. Okay, Nikki, I know that you are a big drummer. Mm-hmm. So yep. give me your top three bands. Uh, Queen. Queen, nice. Yep, that's my first. Nice. Um, Foo Fighters, second. Okay. Right. And then any Chris Cornell band. So Soundgarden, Audio Slave, Audio Slave. 
Yep, Audio Slave, definitely. And then just him and his solo projects. Heck yeah. I love his voice. So I, I do too. Yes. People don't give him as much props. No, I'm no. I'm a Freddie Mercury <laughs> fan, yeah. so I like Anita Queen. Um, Maroon 5. Maroon 5, okay. Mm-hmm. And then, Big Adam Levine fan? Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> Who isn't? Justin Timberlake. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's handsome. <laughs> He's he so dreamy. For those of you like uh, listening boss. at home, mm-hmm. I am often told how, how much I look like Justin Timberlake. Every- Can confirm. And I like uh, Backstreet Boys. Backstreet yeah. Boys. Okay. Yeah. All right. Some pop. Some pop. Yep. I like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, Emma, not to throw you under the bus, but you were like, I don't listen to music. <laughs> so, but you play? Do you play? I play the piano. Some. You play the piano? Okay. Yeah. How long have you been playing the piano? Um, I took lessons for a year in fourth grade and then decided to not continue that. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I got into sports and, and the school band. But um, no, I, I picked it back up in college. I heard um, a beautiful hymn played one Sunday when I was home from, um, from school. And I was like, I need to learn how to play that. It's Do you remember what so that hymn was? Um, it's actually, I think it was called Exodus nine i forget the exact title of uh-huh. it it was it was during um it was just instrumental and the music was just um it was such that i wanted to learn how to play it and so i had to relearn how to read two staffs of of music at a time and it was a very long like months long process <laughs> to learn how to play this one song but since then it's it's a nice um a relaxing thing for me to just play um just kind of moving instrumental piano right, right. music so We've got some musicians here. It's pretty freaking incredible. So, Anita, Mm -hmm. for you, you actually have an international background. Yep. Originally from India. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about your journey. Um, It is really interesting. So, when I grew up, I always, like, uh, wanted to listen to all the women leaders, like, talk. And then, like, they come onto the stage, like, get awards. Like, I was so fascinated. So, I wanted to always, like, um, wanted to start an industry and then like do a startup so that was where i um did my industrial engineering i got my industrial um engineering degree in india and then um i did get hired by two companies but one was like they gave a little more i think they paid a lot because that in in it industry is um it industry is kind of like it's a, a peak there in all these countries like um upcoming in um developing countries yeah right. yeah developing yeah. countries so right. they paid a lot so i thought maybe why don't i give it a try and that's where i joined uh wipro consulting and then um did a co- quite a few projects like um overseas mm-hmm. and that's how my um journey started and in 2011 i came to united states um i did my masters i got my masters here at uh, ball state university uh, and, and you and then Nikki Genesis. went to school together, right? Yep, yep. yep. And we the did. same program at the same, same. time. Small mm-hmm. world. Yep. Small world. Yep. yep, yep. Okay. And then, yeah, Nikki was instrumental in bringing me here and started at Genesis. Like, life has been great. Learned a lot. I mean, especially like uh, first thing I wanted to be really good at was communication. Mm-hmm. So I l- learned that the way I did that was talk to more people and then keep talking to new people Every single day, if mm-hmm. I see someone in the restroom, I make it a point that I talk to them and then mm-hmm. see what they do. So, so you, that you way, make I make it a more point to talk to people in the restroom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Anywhere, she's I mean, like, not just the restroom, good, not just the restroom, that but is some yeah. Thought leadership, right? <laughs> <laughs> Want to learn a language? The restroom is the place. To <laughs> That's where all good Why conversations. Not? <laughs> right, right, right. So talk to me uh, about your experience of being in a field that's almost entirely men. I think my experience has been that everyone's experience is unique. And so I have friends who have some horror stories and I have friends who are like, it's a non-issue. My personal experience here at Genesis was I hired onto a team that doesn't have very many women, but I never felt like I was different. It was a team where you were brought in because you had expertise in a certain area and the belief was is that you were going to come in and get down to business and um where people have strengths we look at trying to you know give people opportunity to grow there so my personal experience has been 
very positive in terms of my actual work environment. And I'm very thankful for um, <clears throat> my management that they created an environment locally that, um, you know, they hired people that weren't jerks that are, mm-hmm. that built a good team. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Anita, what about you? Same thing with me. Um, I was, I was kind of worried, like, um, coming from a different country, like I didn't know when I started off here, like if my experiences would be great, like I've heard horror stories from my friends, but um, as Emma Emma said, um, I totally agree. I think it's our management. They did it like, it's always that if you're strong at something, then you can go to any level. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, Nikki sitting here, she's a great example of that. She's like a, a go, like yes. a go getter, go getter. <laughs> so I mean, I don't. Um, experiences have been positive, and really thankful for Genesis and interactive too. Like we, they had laid a very strong foundation for women. Mm-hmm. I know we need more people. We have to hire more people. We need more diversity. Um, but yeah, definitely. I mean, no bad experiences so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same with me. Um, I think the only challenge was first getting into as a team manager, just managing all males and being on a team of managers, my peers that were all males. Um, you felt like you, if you didn't speak up and kind of hold your ground, you got talked over a lot. Mm-hmm. And so that took me a while to get used to because I wasn't used to that because um, I'd never had that happen really. I grew up with two brothers, so I'm just mm-hmm. used to being around guys right. in general because I I'm, grew up with most, mostly guy friends. Um, but that was something different that I just had to get used to, but, you know, management supports, like Anita said, just anyone, um, that has the skills and abilities, they'll support you and, and, and make sure that you are in the right place at the right time and, and really just support your initiatives. If, if you have a passion about something, they'll support you going after it, no matter if you're male or female. It is interesting learning to realize that there are communication differences mm-hmm. that, that you need to adapt to to be effective in the environment. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's gender related. Sometimes it's just personality or, or anything else. Mm-hmm. But I realized when I first came in, and I don't think it's you know unique to Genesis, but when I'm talking to whether it's someone who has been around longer than me or who's who more senior on a project and they make a mistake or they've analyzed the situation wrong and I can see that that doesn't look right to me. I want to speak up and say something, but how do I do that in a way that doesn't make them defensive, that doesn't come across as me being uh, inappropriate? And so I found that unintentionally, but I was developing strategies of um, finding non-confrontational ways to bring those things up. So whereas the stereotypical engineer way of hashing out of problems is to say like, no, that's wrong. It should be this and this and this because of this and that. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't work for my personality and my style, but I found I would say, hey, so here's how you're explaining this particular problem. How does that how does that handle this side effect that I'm seeing? And so you, you pose it as a question to ask them, you know, to point out something that they might mm-hmm. not have seen. But so it's either you know, you're asking for additional information or you're in some sense putting yourself in the non-threatening position. And I had to kind of do some soul searching. Am I doing that because it's effective and it's a good way of building relationships that are harmonious? Or is it because I don't want to ruffle someone's feathers and egos and and this is the safer way to do that? Um, And I think it is worth asking those reflection questions, I think we all have to. Mm-hmm. If, if I'm changing my behavior, is it because it's actually a better way for us two humans to get along? Yeah. Or is it because I'm giving up something that I just don't want to push this fight, you know, right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a similar thing that I, I always like thinking through with when I started becoming a manager or getting a little higher up and and it's just you have to kind of change the way you talk with people that you're, and I think it's just by role, but also just the personalities that are at the higher level as well of just making sure kind of like you do of posing questions instead of going straight out and saying, I don't think that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, because they take it so much better, no matter male or female, but I think it's just at, you know, a certain level, you know, people have so much confidence because they've done the work to get there that, 
you you have to change the way you talk with them. So mm. I say that was a similar experience. Do you think you have, and as a guy with a pretty big ego, do you feel like you have to adjust how you approach men being aware of like the sort of typical male ego? Um, or is that something that's just natural? It's interpersonal skills, or do you have to do something extra? I'm just wondering how, especially as mm -hmm. a leader of uh, teams that are comprised primarily of men or exclusively by men, uh, is that something that you are aware of? Do you have to tiptoe around people or is it just like anything else where you have to understand how to talk to certain individuals? Yeah, I'd say my experience is probably it's unique, probably um, just because there's different personalities in you know, development versus support versus, you know, marketing and, and stuff. So um, my first management experience was here and I had two teams with vastly different personalities, all male. One of them was very laid back, very passive, go with the flow. Yeah, we're fine. The other was very like the type A dominant. This is how it is. I'm mm -hmm. right. Nothing will prove me wrong. Right. That was interesting to navigate. Um, <laughs> interesting to navigate. Yeah. I feel like there are a lot of stories. There's, there's a lot of stories <laughs> right, I could right, share, right. but I won't get into it. But like the, the interesting stories. But, you know, one of the things that I actually did with my team, because I was like, man, this is you, I, I could literally manage each of them solely differently, but I can't because that's going to be just nuts mm -hmm. and hard to do. So I actually had them take, it's called a DISC assessment. It determines their personality types, how they work best, what they don't like being talked to about, what they like being talked to about, how they communicate. And I made them all take that so I could see, okay, how can I work best with you and talk to you? Because the way I talk to my passive guys is not the same way I need to talk to my very dominant in your face kind of guys. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that was in that took me a while to get used to because my personality is just more reserved and more humble. And I had to learn with kind of the more ego driven, you know, um, very in your face assertive guys that you have to be kind of a little assertive back and just say, all right, let them rant a little bit, let them get it out and just say, okay, I understand, but you know, this is just a decision or give me some evidence where we can make a decision together. Mm -hmm. um, so that was a good learning experience, I would say for myself, that kind of helped me later on in my career to be able to navigate all the different personalities, whether male or female that you run into. With here, we work with mostly males, so it's mostly dealing with males, but I think it's just interesting to just understand and take a step back and say, okay, how do people communicate? Mm -hmm. What is their communication style? And that's what I need to do. I think that's really, really smart. One of the things that my uh, my boss does with his entire team is we all have to take uh, the Enneagram tests. Mm -hmm. And it's been fascinating what that reveals about all of us and then not only do we have to take those tests, but we talk about it a lot. We talk about it in our team meetings and um, off-site sessions and things mm -hmm. like that. And it's a great way to get to know each other's strengths and weaknesses and also mm -hmm. how people want to be talked to or need to be talked to yeah. and kind of establishing like what their love language is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And as a manager of people, how incredibly important it is to know what your people need and how they need to be talked mm -hmm. to. Because yeah. I think we've all probably had in our lives managers or bosses who were just, they did not know how to talk to people in general, <laughs> and especially like you or us. But yeah. that's, well, awesome. that's what they yeah, always we say, this... right? Like you always leave your manager rather than the job. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and we did the same thing. We shared it as a team together. So the team could learn about each other because exactly. with the one team that I had that was just all assertive personalities, right. always butting heads. And, you know, it was just it could be chaos some days. And they learned how to talk to each other, learned how to speak with each other's same personalities and then the passive guys so they don't just railroad over them. Mm -hmm. And so that was a good learning experience, I think, for them is just to understand, OK, he does not speak the way I do. He's not as assertive as I am. So how can I come to him without making him feel defensive and mm -hmm. vice versa? So it really helped, I think, is just to know each other. Anita, you are uh, a relatively new mm -hmm. mother. Yep. Is that right? Yep. You have a nine-month-old? I have a 10-month. 10-month-old. I have two kids, actually. You have two kids? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. My husband and my kid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
love it. Yep. They don't mature. No, they don't mature. The no, we don't. Yeah. We don't. Yeah. We we stay the same maturity. We just get yeah. bigger and smellier. Yeah. Most of the time. Right. Yeah. Get bigger, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations. That's Thank amazing. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Here's a question. Mm-hmm. What would you tell your daughter mm-hmm. when she graduates college about the world, about career, about being a person? What advice would you give her? I think I'll pass along uh, my mother's advice. Um, my mother always like um, kept emphasizing on being a very strong woman, like speaking for yourself. Like if you feel something that's right, you have to you have to stand up for it and then just say that whatever you think is right. You should not hold off on your thoughts, like be very strong with like be upfront. And uh, yeah, that's what my mother thought. I think I'll tell the same thing to my daughter to be an independent woman and then not just like just keep your head up and like just go move forward. Yep. Not listen. I mean, you can listen to people. You can be, listen to people's advice. But eventually, I think it's your personality that takes you like to a different level to wherever you want to. So you have to push forward, like wherever you want to go, you just need to push yourself. Mm-hmm. And is there anything that if you had a time machine mm-hmm. and you could go back in time to mm-hmm. your graduation day mm-hmm. from college, mm-hmm. what would you tell yourself? I think for me, not I don't know if I would say I I needed this advice when I was in college, but I think there's always this tension for what does true womanhood mean? And I think we are complex creatures who both need to find our voice Mm -hmm. and how do we um, understand our value and the, the good things that we bring to this world, but also acknowledge the fact that there is, um, a gentleness to us and a, a heart for compassion and for caring and for um, relationships and figuring out how we balance both of those in a given situation. Uh, that's a lifelong problem that we're all trying to work out in our own way. And I think it's okay to acknowledge that sometimes you need to be strong and stand up for something that's not right. And sometimes you need to find a way to bring peace and harmony to a relationship. And so I think even going back to this discussion around um, how do I talk to men on my team who um, maybe have a different personality style than me? And it could be the case that if someone were, were really out of line, yes, there would be a place to you know put your foot down and say like look this is not acceptable professional behavior and and this is where we're going but my preference is to focus on helping them understand that from the relationship side let's let's talk about how we communicate and let's um gently come to an understanding where you learn this for yourself that you know maybe the way that you approach that wasn't very respectful to the rest of the team and for me that's where, in my understanding of womanhood, that's the that's the dimension I would love to bring because it's it's different than how a guy would approach it, but it is still bringing a lot of value to the team. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's the advice I'm still trying to figure out how to work out. It's a superpower on its own, right? Yeah, Being it able to balance both of that, I think, like you said, it is a lifelong ba- balancing act for both, all of us. But at the same time, it is that superpower that we have that to be able to say, you know what, maybe this approach isn't working. Let's try this other approach that we have in our, in our tool belts, so to speak, Mm -hmm. that we have that power to be able to notice those situations. Nikki, what about you? I would say back in time, you travel back in (laughs) Mm -hmm. time and you meet yourself on your graduation day from college and you say, Hey, I would say first off, you won't, be an old cat lady. So that's good. Um, and um, I think the second would be. Was that a fear that you had? Yes, actually it was. And I met my husband here, actually. So right. yeah, when I started here, we were both on the same team. 
Um, and you bonded over cat memes. Yes, yes. <laughs> actually, he is a cat guy. Um, so, but yeah, I would say, don't worry, you won't be an old cat lady. The second would be, don't worry, everything will be okay. Because, uh, you know, I fretted about a lot about what I was going to do and what I was, what I wanted to do. You know, I always told myself I would never work in a place that had cubicles because I wanted to do things and be moving and be outdoors. And yet here I am working at a place with cubicles, but it's not necessarily like what you think it is. Um, also at the time, so I, throughout college, I was actually pursuing going into the FBI as a special agent. Really? Yep. Um, and I actually made it through. And as I started here at Former Interactive was actually in the middle of the interview process for that. Um, and so I didn't plan on staying here at all. And, um, I went through, got through all of the interview process and just figured out, mm, okay, maybe that's not exactly what I want to do. Even though I was like, my heart was set on it. It's like, that's not going to fit into where I need to be in my life right now. So I decided to stay here. What was that? It's all worked um, out. What was that thing that made you? Um, it's actually just family. So I'm like super family oriented. I love being near my family. All my family lives within like 10 minutes of me, mm -hmm. my immediate family. And with the FBI, when you go through and you get to choose a, an office or they put you in an office, it's not in the same state you grew up in or that you're from. It's somewhere else. And there's no guarantee that you'll be placed back in the same state that you'll be able to come to the local office here. Um, and you could be placed anywhere. And so that was kind of like, uh, you know, I'm really close with my family. I don't want to be, you know, placed somewhere out on, you know, far West Coast or far East Coast and not be able to have that time with them. And so that was really important to me and, you know, a strong value of me. So I was like, I don't think this is quite for me right now. Um, so I decided to stay here and kind of led up to many other things of, you know, meeting my husband, um, you know, going through buying my first house, you know, advancing my career here and it worked out. So what was it that made you want to join the FBI in the first place? Um, I just wanted to do something adventurous. <laughs> I'm an adrenaline junkie. I love adventure. <laughs> and what better thing to do than to be in the FBI running around mm -hmm. chasing people, right? <laughs> so um, that was what kind of drew me in. And they needed people and they still probably need people today with tech skills. That because everything is based off of technology these days. Mm -hmm. There's no industry that doesn't use technology. Mm -hmm. um, so when they're you know, finding the bad guys, fighting crime, they need people with those skills. So I was like, oh, I could fit in here. This would be fun, get to run around and, and do things. So um, that's what kind of drew me into it. Speaking of being an adrenaline junkie, mm -hmm. can you talk a little bit about your proudest achievement? Yes. That you've had so far, so far. So far. So it would be uh, hiking the Inca Trail in Peru with my dad, who was 61 at the time. So props to him for wow. making it. Um, How old were you at the time? I was 27. So um, we hiked it together. It took four days. Uh, we went with a group of people, went down there, hiked from um, where the Inca Trail starts all the way to Machu Picchu and arrived at Machu Picchu the morning of the fourth day. And it was just beautiful. It rained all three days. As soon as we got to Machu Picchu, it was sunny and bright and clear. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, oh, thank you. Like, <laughs> that's like the best thing you could ever ask for. It was hard. It was the craziest thing I've ever done, but it was it was so worth it and just an enjoyable moment to have with my dad. So that's incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. I can't believe that you hiked that long. Mm -hmm. Like I don't even like being outside long enough, like mm. in my backyard to like <laughs> mow the lawn. I'm like, Oh, it's, I've got a spider on me. Oh. You know, <laughs> I, I could be outdoors all day. Like if you could just give me a laptop and say, be outdoors, I'd be like, yes. Uh, Anitha, what's your proudest accomplishment so far? Mm. Okay, I'm a, I'm a classical dancer, like oh, a wow. classical Indian dancer. So I've been doing it. I started age of seven. So it's like uh, more than 22. Yeah, 23 years I've been dancing. So I danced. So I gave birth to my daughter at 2 a.m. in the morning. So up until then, Monday morning, I gave birth to my daughter. Sunday, I danced. So... I'm like, I taught. <laughs> yeah, I run, run a dance institute here as well. That's incredible. Yep. Emma, what about you? These are amazing stories that we're hearing from you. What is uh, your proudest accomplishment thus far, either in your life or your career? I think I'm most proud of building a relationship with my husband over mm. almost nine years this year. And I think a large part of that is because it's something that we as a culture don't really recognize um, that 
you know, we have a lot of education. We have a lot of schooling to learn facts and information and critical thinking, but we don't have a lot of education around emotional development and how to do relationships, how to do life, how to do life. well. Right. Yeah. Yes. And so that was something that I had to learn um, on the field as, as we went. And I'm really thankful for, you know, I, I had good examples growing up, um, but actually figuring out what that meant in my own life and learning discipline of how you choose to love someone else and love that relationship more than yourself um, has been something that was hard for me and makes me sound like I don't know. <laughs> um, it, it was something that I worked at and I'm really proud of, of where we've come as a relationship. And I think that those kinds of life things, it, that matters more to me than any kind of cool tech I build at work. Like the work I do here is interesting and it's intellectually stimulating, but ultimately that's not my life. My yeah. life is my home and my family and the people that I've connected yeah. with. The legacy that you leave. Right. Yeah. 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 What led you, Emma, to begin collecting chickens? <laughs> <laughs> um, we... When we bought our house here in Indianapolis um, five years ago, that first spring, we um, we decided to get some chickens. And it ultimately happened because of a disagreement in our household. Um, I... What disagreement? I mean, you don't have to say anything. <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. Like, I'm wondering what, what argument leads to, you know what would solve this? Let's just get some chickens <laughs> and everything will be okay. So growing up, I considered myself a cat person. Mm -hmm. And my husband's family was were dog people. And my husband is allergic to cats and I thought that was she just, just such did a... air quotes by yeah. the way. <laughs> I feel you on that one my husband's allergic, allergic. I thought it was a convenient yeah. excuse right, right, right. Um, but it turns out it actually is for real and so <laughs> we we couldn't agree on a pet and um, so we had been married for a few years at that point and you know I had lots of plants it was time for something else in our life to give love to and so couldn't be a dog or couldn't be a cat. And he said, well, we shouldn't get a dog since you really want a cat. And so we compromised and got chickens. And you got chickens. <laughs> <laughs> Not a hamster or gerbil. Yeah, you went straight for chickens. They're nice and they're soft. They're they're not really cuddly, but they are soft. Um, I was going to say, do you, can you hold a chicken and yes, pet it like you would a you can. Cat? It depends on the breed. Um, so some are more tame than others. And mm -hmm. if you raise them from chicks, you can teach them to be more comfortable around humans. You just still have to kind of chase them to catch them, to pet them. <laughs> but they're like cats. But yeah, so kind of like yeah, cats. pretty much. But we, um, you know, we had eggs. Um, and so that was a nice, you know, it was fun. They're it's amazing to see how many uh, colloquial phrases that we have that come from farm animals or, or from animals in general. And you actually live with these animals and start observing their behavior. And you're like, so that's what it means when they talk about packing order. Like, it's for real. <laughs> so your linguistics helped you here as well? Can you speak fluent chicken? I can decipher it pretty well. Wow. <laughs> That's another skill that I need to develop. Another super Just get some chickens and watch chicken TV. <laughs> watch chicken, chicken TV. TV. <laughs> did you ever like go out, if you ever um, had a problem with one of the chickens, did you just go get a bucket of KFC and out to the coop and just uh. eat it in front of them and just go? This is what happened to the last chicken. No, we did have, I did have a, a big stock pot that I used to take water out to fill their water with. So I'm, they may have taken a message away. <laughs> they, got, they, yeah, they got the hint. Anitha, you mentioned earlier, and you lead a team of nine, mm -hmm. and you mentioned earlier that one of your superpowers is bringing creativity mm -hmm. into that team. Can you talk a little bit more about that, uh, what that looks like, how you do it, how you inspire others to also think creatively? Some things that I uh, do, which I think would help them, would help my team, was, is just coming out of the comfort zone. Like, maybe one guy uh, like just was discussing with me that how... He was not that good in the ser uh, with servers, like just with like intricate things about servers. So I gave him a challenge to just upgrade a server and then say that, okay, this is a good time for you to learn this and then just come out of your comfort zone and do something different. Yeah. So day in, day out, I just think of some of the tasks that I give to my team, which they're not good at, but just to challenge them that way they can Stretch get it. 
Yep. Just bring them out of their comfort zone. That is what I called it creativity. No, I love, I love that it. That is creativity. Absolutely. And sometimes yeah. you got to push, mm-hmm. lovingly push. Yep. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emma, I know that you are heavily steeped in artificial intelligence. And I'm wondering what you see as the future of artificial intelligence in this business and others and how that might kind of impact our lives on a day to day basis. Yeah, I think artificial intelligence is still in a very big hype phase. Um, It's in the magic phase right now where we don't understand it. And so we attribute magical powers to what AI can do, which also means that we don't know how to inspect it to, to verify, is it really worth the trust that we're putting into it? Or is it really worth what we're paying for it, for what we actually get out of it? And so I think... Just like any kind of revolution that goes through those cycles, at some point we will get to the point where it becomes less novel and less exciting and more, you know, down to every day, let's figure out how how this works. You know, I think of I think of Excel and any any business user can get on Excel and do some pretty cool, you know, data manipulation and create some pretty charts. And that used to be a very specialized task that would require a lot of expertise and programming. And now we've made it so that, you know, pretty much anyone who's taken a basic class can figure out how to do that. And it's not mystical to them. Like, yeah, they might not understand some of the formulas that they're using, but they can still manipulate it and leverage it. We're nowhere near that point with AI but it has to get to that point where we can understand how it's being used. One of my concerns that I think just as a user, it frustrates me to see that innovation always tends to have this backwards where they first talk about what can we do? And then they start later thinking about what should we do? And so we first want to see, hey, can we build a model that can predict how likely this person is to Um, go back to jail after being let out and use that to decide how long of a prison sentence we should give them. If it helps reduce the load on the court systems and make things smoother, yes, it sounds nice in theory. Um, And then when you actually start looking at it and you realize there are so many factors that go into that of how it can have bias based on where people are from or their, um, their cultural backgrounds, their racial backgrounds, or where the system is intended to only be used for offering guidance to a human, but then the human starts trusting it all of the time when they really shouldn't. There's so many factors about how do computers and humans actually interact and how does society know when a system is trustworthy? We shouldn't just assume that just because a computer did it, they did it right. Right. Um, and I've I, learned that from GPS. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Well, they even talk about that with um, when they're hiring, right? Like with un- unconscious bias and gender bias and diversity bias. So it kind of goes along with what you're saying with can we really trust it right now? Yes. And, and we're at a, a phase where um, because it's something that's affecting all of society, we need people to learn and think about this everywhere. So consumers need to be skeptical. They need to ask questions of companies of what data am I giving you and how are you using it? Um, Engineers need to also ask the philosophical questions. You shouldn't just say, can I build it? But the engineer who's deploying an algorithm that's affecting hundreds or thousands of people should be thinking about how is this going to affect that end user's life? Because like it or not, I have that power um, and I need to be using that responsibility, you know, in a in a appropriate way. But then, same thing for at the company level. Um, what are some of the principles that are most important to us, and to work that out together? Because we all, we haven't figured it out, right? We don't have all the answers yet about how do you do ethical AI well. <laughs> and we know that it's changing the world, and so right. we have to decide what kind of world do we want it to shift into? What are what are the guardrails that we want in place? Now, Nikki, uh, we already talked that you and Anita knew each other from, was it grad school? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. And did you recruit her into Genesis? Um, so mm-hmm. not really. She knew I was kind of like working here and she's mm-hmm. like, hey, you know, is there an opening? Is there a spot there? And I was like, yeah, definitely apply. Mm-hmm. Like, give me your resume. I'll give it, you know, to my manager and we'll, we'll make sure you get on. And 
Um, I think that's about how it happened. I don't know. It's been yeah. a while ago. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because um, we worked cl- very closely together in grad school. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were friends. We had the same friend circles. And um, I was a graduate assistant for um, our networking classes. And we both worked together through those yeah. networking classes, which was, um, <laughs> but uh, we worked together very closely during those classes. So I knew she, I knew her skills and I was like, oh yeah, you'd be perfect here. Let's get you in. So you already knew she was awesome. Yeah. 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 What is it that you saw in her that you were like, that's she, it. she will find the answer. She knows her stuff and she doesn't quit. Like mm-hmm. she will not give up. She'll find the answer. And she, and she's not afraid to like ask the tough questions. Mm-hmm. So, and I see this a lot as well when we're in the same management meetings and stuff, she'll speak up when no one else does. And she'll be like, well, what about that? Or is that actually true? And it's just like, yes, thank you. Anita. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I think just her drive is, is always there. To, to get things done and keep learning. And that's what you need to kind of work on the support role is you need to have that drive. You need to always want to be learning um, because technology changes daily. I mean, even when you're in a company that sells specific products, we're always coming out with something new. Um, and the industry is always using something new. So you need to kind of keep yourself up to date and, and kind of um, learning how everything works together. So that's, yeah, she has pretty good skills. I really like this cheerleading yeah. that's going oh, yeah. on. I was reading a Forbes article uh, recently, and they were talking about the importance of women really having like a girl squad um, mm-hmm. and having a good like, like relationship with other women and buddy mm-hmm. system. Kind of tell me about how how you feel about that and why it might be more important for us being in a more male dominated industry than others. I think it's nice. I've never had a girl like buddy squad, to be quite honest, because I like I said, I had like a lot of male friends. So I just kind of used to the, you know, do it on your own type thing. Good luck. Um, So I think it's nice to have some cheerleaders in your corner, no matter what, um, to just kind of help you, especially when you're 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 feeling down or you've had a hard day and you're like, I don't know if I can really do this. Am I really cut out for this? And your cheerleaders come in and be like, no, you definitely can do it. You, you're a rock star. You know, you can handle this. It's just a bad day. Um, and I think as well as kind of just having, um, those friends, um, at work as well Mm -hmm. that you, or in the same industry that you can just kind of talk to and discuss of how can I handle this situation? Cause, um, I think as women, we get a little more reserved and are always constantly like, I don't want to fail. I don't want to fail. I don't want to be wrong in front of people all the time, um, at least speaking for myself and kind of having those other perspectives from other women of, oh, yeah, I think the same thing, too. That's not weird. That's fine. And this is how I kind of go about it is nice to have. Mm-hmm. And either you mentioned you have a daughter, mm-hmm. Nikki, you're expecting. Mm-hmm. And this is a question that is unfairly probably asked to women more than it is to men. How do you feel like you're going to be able to balance both motherhood, having a family, and then also your career because you built such an awesome career already. And obviously, all of you women have more aspirations to do more as well, too. So kind of how do you balance that? Well, I'm still learning. It's it's a journey, uh, definitely. But um, so it's a it's a tough balance. Like you work like eight hours, nine hours, and then go home and then do the rest of eight, nine hours. Like you work some more. Yeah. You work some more. Mm -hmm. So it's not, it's, there is never, there is never like a free time. So it's like a very tough balance with, um, motherhood as well as, um, working, uh, full time. We have to just, uh, I, I think we have to just chug along. Yeah. And this will be my first. I can't say what I think will happen. I think the important thing is just to remember that balance between work and life. And remember, there's more important things than work. Um, My husband and I both work in the same place. We both work here at Genesis right now. And we have this rule that, you know, once we get out of the car because we carpool together, that work stops. We don't discuss work at home. We leave it where it is because it's stressful to start keep talking about those things and keep rehashing them day after day after day. And I'm guessing when you come home with, you know, a newborn baby or a toddler or Mm -hmm. any kind of child, you're already stressed with different things. So you don't want to stress yourself out more. And I think as far as career wise, um, you know, it's it's not any kind of stopping point or reset point and you're not going to lose your space or lose that 
precious momentum you built up. That's kind of my fear, but I think I've been settled with that by just having conversations with my manager um, and just seeing, you know, what's the road plan or what's the roadmap for when I get back? What do you, what's going to happen when I'm gone? Um, and just kind of settling those fears. So I think you just need to have conversations um, with, with the people around you just to understand that. One more interesting thing. Um, I just like working with men. Uh, this is what I learned um, in the few months, like um, as a manager is that never be afraid to work from home. Like as women, again, we feel like, oh, maybe people think that, okay, now you have a baby, you're, you're like, you want to work from home. So that's why you don't want, you want to work from home. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's mostly that those are the constant thoughts that keep lingering in my mind that, oh, I should, I, sh- I mean, I should not work from home. I should not do this. But men, like, whereas like working with men, I see that they are not afraid, like just to call off work from home, like last minute. So some of the things that I think we have to be better is that just like not to be afraid and then do whatever you feel right at that moment. I think just take the time if you need the time. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, don't force yourself to come in if you're not ready. Right. I think that's something to keep in mind is because if you come in when you're not ready and you're stressed and you're just you know, lack of sleep, you're not going to be really that useful anyways during the workday. So just take a day and get yourself, you know, prepared to come back in to work the day after. We are. Thank you so much for those responses. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, before we close, I would love to know from each of you who has or does inspire you. I'll just say the first person that comes to my mo- mind is my mom. Um, she's worked at the same company for 37 years, which is amazing. Like, go, you go. Mm-hmm. Um, and she uh, raised my me and my brothers. I'm the middle child. And both my brothers are autistic and have ADHD. Um, and she still has her sanity. So I uh, look up to her a lot because, you know, she keeps it lively. Like she's not all the time serious. She's not very strict. You know, she's you know strict when she needs to be, but she also takes into account the people side. She understands how to deal with people and she understands how to deal with stressful situations kind of lightheartedly. Um, and sometimes I can get to the point where I'm a little too serious and I just kind of look up to her in those situations and call her and she's like, yeah, don't worry about it. And she just starts joking and saying some some fun things that just kind of pull you back out of it. So um, and her work ethic and I think also my dad's kind of played off to me. They just never stop working. Um, you know, they they go in, put 110 percent in when they're at work. They come home, put 110 percent into us that were there or any, uh, you know, the rest of the family that's there. And so uh, that's something I strive to do and hopefully keep my sanity as well. For me, it's my sister. Um, <clears throat> she's like three years older to me. She's like a uh, she's a CPA and um, she has a very busy work schedule, but she makes it a point. She has a five year old, but she makes it a point that after she comes comes back home, like she does like 200 percent for her son and her husband. Like she's always there for both of them, just like constantly working at um in office and then constantly working at home, she kind of inspires me to do um, good both places like at work as well as at home. Um, And definitely my mother as well. She never worked, but then um, she was like, she was a strict mom. She was like really strict when she raised both of us like uh, kids. And that I think that's the discipline she brought us like has, um, I think that's where we stand right now. So like all I mean, Asian moms, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, typical Asian mom. She's like, yeah, she she did not let us go. Like, I mean, she wanted the way she grew us up, like the way she wanted to. But then I think that's what has like brought me this level. I guess. I love the fact that we are shaped by so many people in life, mm-hmm. and I would say, I guess, over the last couple of years, I've really been trying to learn about how to learn in my own life, how adaptable humans really are, where we find ourselves in situations that we think there's no way that you can actually get through this or that it's going to be okay, or that I can learn to do this. And then you do. Um, I have a friend, her name is Megan. We played basketball together in college and she was diagnosed um, about four four or five years ago with breast cancer. And it went in remission, it came back, it's been, it's been a rough journey. And 
watching and, and walking through that with her has been just incredible to me to see stuff that how she's shown grace through each phase and then she'll be honest about I'm struggling right now I'm you know everything hurts we can't all of our dreams for what we wanted our life to be is going to be different and then she comes through that season and finds perspective again and finds um the the will to to go forward and to still be a light in people's lives and I think anytime you see someone who um demonstrates that ability but particularly if they're close to you and you know them you know their story I think it can't help but change us mm-hmm. um and so for me it's I don't want to put her on a pedestal because she would hate it <laughs> because she's like I'm just a normal person dealing with what life gave me um but that that's an attitude that I want to adopt of saying you know life is gonna there's gonna be hard things whether it's you know you end up in a bad work situation or your your health isn't good or, you know, something in the family just isn't the way that you thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. But learning to see the goodness that can come out of it and to see that, that you can grow through it and you can come through it is, is a pretty cool thing. And that's what she's taught me. Well, I don't know of a better way to end our discussion than that. Thank you all for taking a moment with us. I really, really appreciate it. Emma, Anitha, Nikki, thank you very, very much for your time and your wisdom and your work and your all-around awesomeness. Thank you.